And why'd he make you so special? Why did he bless you? Think about it. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. Got a smile when I say that shit. I woke up this morning. And we are live with, for a very special episode, two people that have been in my life for a while. Hey, you calm down over here, Snickers. We're with my dog who is 16 years old, Snickers, and then with uh, my grandpa as well. I'm, I'm younger than he is. Yeah, you really are. 16, <clears throat> 16 times what, 7? She's decaying. <clears throat> She's decaying right in front of our About eyes. 120 years old. <laughs> so are you, though. You're decaying right in front of her eyes, too. Her eyes are... Oh, most of her teeth are gone. It's, yeah, it's a problem. She's high energy right now. I just woke up from a nap, but anyway, uh, I just thought it'd be cool to, like, have her sit on this. It's like, she's probably not going to be around too much longer, realistically speaking. No. But, um, so, is it going? Oh, it is going. Uh, so, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? So you're assuming that I would be 21 or 20 years old? So if you could go back in time to 20, 21, 22, early 20s, between 20 and 25, what advice would you give yourself? Well, um, it's hard to say what you would do almost you know, 50 years ago based on the knowledge that you have when you're my age. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard to... You're talking about, theoretically, that I know what I know now, and I would go back and do something different. Yeah, if you could apply the wisdom that you've attained in your 70, 73 years, however old you Probably are. Probably would not get married when I was 18 years old. And Doris was 17 years old. That is really young. She was only a few I wasn't expecting that answer, though. <laughs> she was, uh, she was one of those young people. She might, she was, she might have been the youngest person in, a, in our high school class to graduate. She, she turned 18 in uh, August, and we got married in July. So she was about four weeks away from being 18 years old. So her her mother told her that when you get married before you're 18, your parent has to sign something for you. Okay. It did back back then. Did she say she was gonna run away if she didn't? She just told sign her it or something. Yeah, she not run away. We just she was gonna move to Cape Girardeau. And I was I was gonna go to college there, and uh, and she was gonna move up there. Back then, her parents wouldn't even let her live in the same town as you. Then not be married. What's what's same town? Cape Girardeau. Oh. In other man. words, she was gonna move one place, and I was gonna get be on the college campus. Right. And she was going to work and help me get through college. And uh, so she she pretty much told her mother that that's what she was going to do. And she didn't sign them. So she she signed the papers 
Which is kind of weird because, like I said, we got married on uh, July the 8th and August the 5th, she turned 18. Right. Le less than a month later, about four weeks, you know, she turned 18. So really her mother was kind of strange, I guess, if you think about it. Cause so do you think that was too young to get married at that age? Oh, yeah, it was way too long. You don't get married four weeks out of high school. But we had, we had our circumstance was, our parents are poor, that we had no way, to, they had nothing. My, parent could, my parents couldn't give me a dollar to help me get through college. Uh -huh. And here's, her, her parents were even worse than that. You know, they were... So two very poor, poor. families. They were... My, my family was uh, not that poor compared to hers. Mm -hmm. No, my parents, uh, well, my father made $5,000 in one year. And if you look at 2018 and go back to 1957, or 1950, maybe 58, $5,000 is a lot of money. Uh -huh. And you live on the farm, you don't pay rent. You just we just had a house. It didn't cost anything, you know. Just, the house belonged to the person that that owned the land. So uh, to say that we were poor would be wrong. An understatement. Uh, an understatement, yeah. Because uh, my father uh, in 1956, she bought a they, he bought a 1957. Chevy, mm -hmm. and it was to this day. It's considered one of that that car was considered an all-time car. And it, today might be worth a hundred thousand dollars if you had that car. Uh -huh. It was a '57 Chevy. How was he able to afford that? He got drunk and he made a lot of money that year, and he went uh. up, went, he went and got drunk and he went. When in, uh, he wasn't the he, he wasn't the, he didn't drink all the time uh -huh. on the weekends. If he had Saturday off, he usually worked, you know. But if he had Saturday uh -huh. off, he'd go to town, Sykeston, uh -huh. and sit in the, in the bar all day, you know, and drink beer and play pool or something like that, you know. Uh -huh. Have his buddies would always be there and they just talk and drink beer all day. He drank six or eight beers. I guess you get drunk. I don't know. I don't, I don't drink beer. But bottom line was... He went down and bought a car? He went, yeah, you buy a car back then, you pay one-third of it uh -huh. each fall. Like September, each year, it would you'd pay one-third. So he paid... He gave him one-third of the... Of a, the car cost about $3,000 then. So he, he made $5,000, but he paid probably 1000 for the for the uh, car. Uh -huh. Well, in 1957, it rained every night. It rained every day. <clears throat> so uh, basically, didn't make anything that year. Oh I mean, wow! See, he, we had four, 40 acres of cotton. So he was dependent on future income, and the environment was didn't well, produce the outcome that he was. No, nah, he the next depending on the next year they came and got the car. 
Oh, really? Yeah, he couldn't couldn't make the payment because we made nothing. Uh huh. I was playing baseball in high school. So you pretty much just threw away thousand dollars for one year of use of a car. Yeah, we had to use it one car, use it one year, and uh, that's wild. And my brother, my oldest brother, was old enough to drive, but nobody else could could drive it. Uh huh. Your mom couldn't. I mean, we had a car. Your mom couldn't drive. Oh yeah, she could drive it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you I mean, mean like amongst kids. your siblings? Okay. None of the yeah. kids could drive it. Right. Back then, we had four kids. They had four, and Richard was born in, I guess, 1951. Uh, so Richard was, I don't know, five years old or something. Right. When I got out of high school, he was five or six years old. Not, not to interrupt Eight you. Years old, maybe. I don't know. But uh, there's, there's. I think it's really interesting because, like, that's so unheard of in this time. Like, in today's time, like, I don't know anybody that gets married at 18. Like, I know, I know a few people that have, like, dated since then, and, like, they're still dating today at, like, I don't know, like, 22. And, like, I, even a few people that have, like, gotten married to their high school sweethearts. Like, that's still prevalent. It's not common. It's not common whatsoever, but, like, it's still it still exists. But, like... It is so unheard of to hear anybody getting married at, like, 18 nowadays. It'd be like Melania getting married in about three months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that'd be me being married for four years now. Yeah. Like, coming up on five years. That's wild for me to think. Because, like, I don't even imagine marriage in my life in five years from now. Like, that's that's wild to think, you know? But I, it, it's weird because I was sitting around with, uh, I was with three friends the other night. And we're just sitting around talking. Uh, around like 2 a.m., nothing that matters, but, uh, and we're, we're just talking, talking, and we, the topic of our grandparents came up, and all three of us had grandparents that had been married at age 18, all three of us, just coincidentally, so that's just like, that's just an indicator of how common it really was to have, like, grandparents get married in, like, the time that you grew up in, but, like, like I'm saying, like, now, it's just so uncommon, like, most of my friends at 22 years old, most of my friends are single. Oh, yeah, at 22. You don't get married today at 22. It, it, that's hardly, weird, though. Hardly nobody. Is that weird? You know who Jerry Lee Lewis is? I do not. He was, uh, back in the 1970s, no, I'm sorry, 1950s, Elvis Presley came along, and Jerry Lee Lewis came along right after that. And... Elvis Presley was the most, he, uh, what they said was at one time, they said, the, the name Elvis, I probably told you this before, but not with the podcast going on, Elvis Presley was, was, uh, or the word Elvis, there's no Elvis Presley, just Elvis. Uh -huh. Well, they came out and said that the second most name all over the world. World. There was only one name more heard of than Elvis. Jesus. Wow. Jesus and then Elvis. As far as across the world, people knew they had by one name. That was wild. I mean, I, I've always told you that Elvis was probably the best entertainer ever. And you always said some people, you know... Uh, I think a lot of people have surpassed him. But that, they, that, that is a great debate because he's 
undeniably like a pioneer in, uh, for his Well, time. he's been dead for uh, 1977. I mean, he really was one of the first people that got paid off of just being a musician, of just his art form. I think he made a billion dollars, or two billion dollars. Like, with his, with his accumulated wealth, with his death as well? Well, I don't know. See, he makes more money now than most people do. I'm talking about most, most singers. Right. I'll bet you. Uh, about ten years ago, I get, I used to keep up with all that, and he made like fifty million dollars one year. Like this is like the two thousand. I mean, Ellis had been had been dead like thirty five years. Oh no way! And he was making like fifty million dollars a year. Wow! And they compared that to to one of the Hollywood actors. Uh huh. They made thirty five million. Elvis had been dead 30 years. He made more than... Yeah, of, that's wild. Than, ...than the Hollywood freaks, you know? It, uh, I mean, this guy was... I forget his name, but... Wow. A dead person making $50 million in one year. That's that's insane. And I don't know what he's making today. Uh, that'd be something to look out. How do, how do copyright laws work? Don't you, is it like 70 years or something like that? Copyrights? I, I don't remember. It's like... I think it is 70, I want to say. I'm probably wrong, though. What do you mean 70? Like 70 years. So, so like, like the life of the individual who creates the content, and then like after death, it's a, an additional 70 years. It could be. I, 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 I don't know, but uh, his wife, he, he, was li he lived with his wife about seven or eight years. He got married to this lot, and he had one child. And uh, she's still alive, because he was 32 and she was 20, I think, when they got married. Uh -huh. So uh, if he, he was born in 1935, so what would he be now? 80. He'd be 83. He's nine years younger than I am, older than I am, if he had been here. How many years? 30? Yeah, he'd be 83 today. I'm, wow. I'm 74. He'd be 83. How old was he when he died? 42. Wow. That's but, what I would have guessed. I would have guessed if, he's, if he's 82, wow. then his, his wife would be about 70 right now. And okay. I'm, sure, I'm sure she's still alive. She's, uh, I want it now. And, and his daughter, I think his daughter, has been getting all of Elvis's money for 40 years. So she's got to be a multi-millionaire. That's wild. He only have one daughter. Yeah. Wow. One daughter. And, uh, of course, there's a couple of women came out and said, I'll get it. I have Elvis's child. Right. And a couple of people came out, you know, and he was like other, every other rich person, you know, you get all the women you want, you know. Uh -huh. So who knows? He might have 10, That's 10 crazy. kids, you know. Yeah, true. But, true. uh, that is insane. Could you imagine accumulating, like, could you imagine just be giving that amount of wealth? You know what I mean? Like, I, I have a buddy who, uh, I'm not going to name drop here, but he, he, um, he joined a fraternity at Mizzou, and he, one of his, like, pledge brothers, so that's, like, somebody you, like, go through, like, the whole, like, initiation process of the fraternity, um, with one of his pledge brothers got adopted. Wasn't it, he would... Not that that matters, but like it, it just kind of adds another element. He got adopted into the McDonald's family, so he was adopted into the McDonald's family, and I believe 
is going to inherit like a hundred million dollars. It's some insane amount of money like that. Hundred million dollars. One hundred million dollars. And apparently he doesn't even want the money. I'm like, dude, why would you even well, go to college? Here's the thing about in the nineteen fifties, um, John F. Kennedy was the president. And I and I think in two thousand no, in the nineteen sixty John F. Kennedy a president. And while he was the president, he got assassinated, you know, like two and a half years later. So uh -huh. in 1963, I think, in, in November, I think is the year he got assassinated. But uh, Wasn't that right around the height of the Cold War? Wasn't like 62, like the height yeah. of the Cold War? Really? Civil, the, wow, what a time. Vietnam War. The 60s are insane. Just that's just a side note. I mean, I mean, what I was going to say was that the uh, the taxes, the highest taxes, was 90 percent of your money. Think about that. 90 percent of your money. So if you made a million dollars, the government takes 900 thousand dollars. That's socialism. So that's you make a million dollars and you got a hundred thousand dollars. Oh. Now, John F. Kennedy said, you know, that's insane. So he cut taxes down to like I don't know thirty percent, but when Elvis, when Elvis was paying ninety percent of his money, mm -hmm. he said that I'm proud to do that because he was like a patriot. Today he would be considered a a patriot of, to his country. You know, uh -huh. he really loved the country and all that kind of crap. You know. Today, a lot of people just hate the country for some reason. It's very, very selfless. The best country in the world, and a lot of people in this country hate the country. Yeah, I don't know about that. Don't get me started, because they're taught that in college, a lot of them, certain colleges. Right. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I, I don't really want to debate if people hate the country or not. No, I'm just saying that some, some of them go into college, and they come out, and they don't, they don't like their country, because... If you if you get enough professors telling you in college that we're that we're not good people, we we should be a more of a socialist country, which means that they take a sixty percent of your money and give it to somebody else. I haven't really experienced that in college. I haven't really had any professors. You're not going to do it in Missouri, right? Okay. Well, at least it, my personal subjective college experience has been. Nobody's really preached at me like their personal views on things. Well, this, you're talking about Springfield, Missouri. Right. I mean, I'm talking about... Yeah, I'm sure it happens. Probably sure the East Coast, the West Coast. Right. And in the mid Midwest, certain schools in, in Atlanta, places like that, it's the same thing there. And it's, it's, it's coming all... It's all over the country now, but I don't, I don't see Springfield, Missouri as being that way. You know, yeah, it's not really. I that think way. The, I think the college. I think the parents would come down and say, "You know, he's, he, you leave my kid alone. Teach whatever it is you're supposed to teach. You keep your crap out of your, you know. Don't you don't you dare have my. my a lot of kids go to school, and they come back for Thanksgiving, and their parents don't know who they are. Yeah, I think I've a lot heard of that story. I've heard that story. Over and over and over. Well, a lot of people go to college seeking change as Curtis, well. Curtis did. Right, but I, I think a lot of people go, like, with the intention of changing as a person because they're not fully 
satisfied oh, you, with who you they know, are. There, there's no way on earth that people should be able to vote when they're 18 years old. You don't have a brain when you're 18 years old. I would agree with that, but... I mean, it's science. Whether they have that, that human right, I don't know. I would I mean, say, if it's up to me, I would say, okay, if you're in the military and you're 18 or 19 or 20, you get to vote. But if you're under 21, you don't vote for anything. If, if, if it was up to me. Number one, you don't have a brain. You don't have a brain until you're 32 years old. You have certain parts of your brain when you're around 25. No. But you're, you're up. What is, what is this called? You're referring to the prefrontal cortex, which that's fully developed at 25. 25. We've had this debate before. It's 25. But, I've looked it up. But then the... Uh, from what... Now, the person I heard is from knows everything. Uh-huh. Bill O'Reilly. You, you, I don't know if you ever heard him or not, but he was one of those kind of people that he would never say anything if it hadn't been true. Because he had all these people working for him, and uh, when he was on TV, if he, if he said one thing that wasn't right, the next day it would be news all over the world. Because he was so... He was... Uh, the number one person, from the time he got, he went into, makes sense. Like I mean, if you if you're on the opposing side of somebody who doesn't fit an agenda that you like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna attack their credibility as much as possible. When 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 uh, Bill O'Reilly got, I guess pretty much got fired from Fox. Uh-huh. He was making twenty million dollars a year. Wow. One hour a day. That was it. He worked five days, five hours every week. But I bet there's some preparation that goes into Five hours. So it's, in a month, it's 20 hours. And he was making 20 million. So he's he's making almost $2 million for 20 hours of work. That's wild. I would assume a TV networking thing like that, especially as big as he was, I I would assume it has a lot of... uh, Preparation, a lot of prep work that well, goes into it. He he started somewhere around 1995, and when he was fired about two years ago, maybe or three years ago, uh-huh. every single month for from 19 somewhere around 1995, it was almost like a hundred and hundred and fifty months in a row. Oh, uh-huh. number one. Oh wow! Never never was anything but number one. Now I'm sure I'm sure the day he started he wasn't that, but a year later or whatever it was, he became the number one, and he never never was anything except number one viewers every single month. It comes out every month. All these all these all these people are on TV, you know, CNN and places like that. Uh, and Fox has been number one everywhere for. Uh, Probably close to twenty years, maybe. Yeah, that's very well. So ever since they've been there, you know, it's a, like minus a few hours, a few few years. But O'Reilly was. That, that's why I liked watching him because if he said something wrong the next night, next night he would correct it. I don't know. Well, he, he has to do that to protect his own credibility. Oh yeah, one time he made a mistake. And the next night, he said, "Okay, last night I said this," and all over the world. It went all over the world. Uh-huh. O'Reilly's lying. 
kind of crap, you know. Mm -hmm. So the very next night, he said, I was wrong last night when I said blah, blah, blah. That was the only time I ever saw him said anything wrong. Why I'm talking about him, I don't have a clue. <laughs> what, uh, let's, let's switch the topic up away from Fox News. Well, I mean, I, was just, I, I wasn't talking about Fox News as much as I'm talking to one particular person. Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, just one person that... that uh, well, I, the, the one thing I did want to say... Well, uh, another question was, uh, what advice would you give to my generation? Probably the same thing. Uh, what I would say would be, don't date anybody like Bailey. Uh, don't go go uh, steady. Is that they still call it going steady? Uh, yeah, I guess. Only I, dating one person. Don't just date one person. That's what I would say. Now, if you're talking at 22 years old, that's a little different, but I'd say between all the way through high school, don't even date anybody. And then in college, if you feel like you have to date somebody, don't date the same person. Okay. Because I don't know what's happening with, with um, well, like Bailey, her boyfriend's, what, 300 miles to where you guys are, at least two two hundred miles. I, I want to know. I, I mean, she goes up there a lot, so I think it's a couple hundred miles away. That's different. But as far as your buddy, what's his name, across the street from you guys, uh, Kyle. Yeah, and he's still he's still. Did you do tell him once they were living together in in one apartment? Yeah, they've they've been living together for a while. Now I guess they're making it out okay, but uh, but don't you, don't you think there's kind of a cool aspect to like commitment at the same time, committing to like one person? Because I think I think that's a problem amongst my generation is that people don't want to just commit to one thing. I don't think they should, but then I guess it's working for um, oh lord for Kyle. No, for Bailey. No. Curtis's older son, Mason. Mason. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I'm losing. I'm, Which, got, by the way, you need to start. There's this supplement, and I've been meaning to tell you about this anyway, so I'll just bring it up now. It's called Lion's Mane. It's a cognitive uh, restoration and um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's just really good for like cognitive development and preservation, basically. But uh, it's it's a fungi. It's a type of mushroom, and it's a it's crazy good for your brain and like longevity and whatnot. When you get home, maybe tomorrow or the next day, whenever you think about it, send me a text and write it in there exactly what I would look up. Okay, I'll write it down right now. I'm I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, and that's one of the questions I'm going to ask him. What can I what can I use to to the uh, That's that help me with with forgetting things. Off the little I know, that in Ginkgo Bil Bilboa, it's spelled by uh, Ginkgo Bil Bilboa, Ginkgo Bilboa, and that's very good for uh, memory as well. Write it down there, and I'm... which that that I uh, gave you before, and I think you quit taking it. I was taking something. I I lost it. Uh, I ran out about a month ago. And I looked. I looked at Sam's, mm -hmm. and I couldn't find it. So I just got, you know, I just said, "Oh crap! I ain't gonna look at it for an hour." 
I couldn't find it on their shelves. I also think you need to move more, too, not to tell you how to live your life, but I know know with me, at least, like, I'm mentally a lot more sharp and a lot more alert after I've, like, gone on, like, a jog or something, which is why I haven't worked out today, but, like, I typically work out before these podcasts so that I'm, like, just, like, like, you know, like, like, very attentive. Right now, I got 69.33, and, um... I didn't put this thing on. Oh, your Fitbit? As soon as I got up. Uh, 69, so say 7,000. And that, rec- that, uh. Oh, you got to hit it that hard. 3.12 miles. Oh, you moved that much today? Yeah. Really? Can you do a push up? Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought, I figured you could. Oh, yeah, I can do push up. I've been doing the weights. I do those weights every day. Okay, good, good. Yeah. But um, as far as me walking a lot, if I don't, and I look at this at 8 o'clock at night, I'll walk through the house several times. Mm-hmm. But when I, I usually go to Sam's. Seems like he sends me to Sam's every day, you know. You go to Sam's, you just walk, go inside Sam's and you walk a mile in there. Because it's so big, you can't find anything, you know. <laughs> I mean, the store is that big. Walmart, the same way, you know. The Walmarts that have the food in it, uh, you can walk a mile. Yeah, I'm imagining. Oh, oh, I agree. They're easily, massive. easily walk a mile. <laughs> you can walk two miles. I'm just imagining somebody like a, a Sam's employee, like, phoning in on their microphone, just like, all right, we got a senile old man. I think he's lost. He's lost in the store. He's lost in uh, the meat department. I bet those old are, man lost in Delhi. I bet those guys go ten miles a day. Yeah, people in Sam's, you see them. You see, if I say where's so and so, and then take off. <laughs> Wait, well, it was over here. Instead of telling where it is, oh, go, go over there. And I usually can't keep up with them, you know. Uh-huh. But. Uh, so those guys, man, guys, I bet they walk 10 miles a day. Yeah, they probably do move a lot. You know? I never thought about that. But uh, I'd say uh, up till a month ago, I would I would walk over to McNair Park and back. That's two miles. It's two miles, okay. And, of course, they got 90, 93 degrees now, and I just don't do that. Yeah. You know? That's not fun. When I come through that, I, I can walk through the house, but... I'm pretty busy right now because the swimming pool, I have to go out there every day, in and out, in and out all day long. Now, I'm not sure where we stand on the podcast because... Are you referring to like topics? Yeah, you asked me one question and that would be, like I said, I wouldn't date anybody. What about what about off the topic of like dating? Like off the topic of relationships? Just like personal like self-development that you would uh advice that you would give to any like 20 year old right now self-development or just or just overall good advice like off the topic of relationships but like excluding relationships what advice would you give probably read uh at least three books a week exactly what you're doing i don't read that much you don't read three books a week? Yeah. No, I don't even read a book a week. I write. I, I mean, I. Uh, I thought you were at one time. I read the most. The most I read to date is I read like sixteen books in a semester, 
which was a fair amount on top of everything else I was doing. I used to work. I used to work with a guy that was probably a genius. If I've ever met anybody, it would be him. Uh-huh. One one book every night. Yeah, that's insane. He'd work all night. He'd, he'd read his book at night, and, and he only needed about two hours of sleep, two or three hours, and he'd get up and go come back to work. Wow. But he told me that, and I agree. Uh, he's so smart. Like I said, he's probably a genius. Yeah, that's wild. And it it was weird because that that was in uh, when I worked at McDonnell Douglas. As soon as we got back, I got out of the Air Force in '67, moved to St. Louis, and went to went to work there. So I knew him in 1967, '68. Yeah. About four or five years ago, he was he was working where Scott works as a, as a computer computer guy. You know, oh, wow. and uh, and he met Scott, and here's a guy I hadn't seen in 40 years. Yeah, well, how's that? Yeah, he, he said Scott, Scott Rushing, and and uh, he said I used to work with a Rushing. I'm just imagining know? like a random selfie of the two of them getting sent to you one day. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he told Scott he said I used to work with a Ed Rushing, and he, and Scott said that's my dad. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so here's this guy, 40 years later. Working at Scott's place, it's got it's a big building, you know. Mm-hmm. And he had to he had to meet Scott, you know. That's why he was there as an IT guy. But Scott's they don't have IT where he is in another in another department. They did, but somehow they ran into each other. And I thought, now that is weird, you know. That's the sign. Yeah, somebody That's I knew crazy. pretty well for forty years ago, and and he was that genius that told me that. Every night he reads one whole book. That's wild. I couldn't imagine reading an entire book in a night. He definitely was uh, he skipping speed, around. He had the speed reading. Yeah, there's you know, no way he's reading, reading every word. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I've gotten a lot better at. Is like, like I'll, I I used to force myself, and uh, like I read like Sam Walton's book on like how he started Walmart, and that was that was pretty interesting. That was yeah, pretty cool. It is. Yeah, and he. Um, he, like I, there. It was interesting, but at points I was very, very bored. At the same time, and I, I looking back on, I would have skipped around chapters. That's how I read now. Like if I get, if I'm like bored on like a certain chapter, then I'll just like I'll, I'll skip on to like the next chapter. Or if I'm bored with like a paragraph, then I might look on the next paragraph, or maybe even like skip like a few pages ahead. Kind of. Did I ever tell skip, you like, that? A little uh, perusal. Did I ever tell you that? I took Rhonda to speed reading class when she was in ninth grade. You did tell me that. I don't. I don't remember ever telling anybody that. Well, you told me. When? When did I tell you? Uh, you've told me at some point in time because I I knew that. Well, uh, did I tell you the whole story or? Possibly, you can tell again. You know what they teach you? What's that? If this is a book. You could go to the back of the book and read forward. I don't want to get that go, at all. Yeah, <laughs> you could do that, and you you still know what's in the book, you know. And you say what you do is, if it's a novel, you go through it and you try to okay. Here's George. Here's Bill. Here's Jordan, and you come up with all these characters in the in this book. Uh. You know, and just coming to the back, the front, and the middle, whenever, you know, and you're just doing this on every page, you know, and you're kind of reading it. 
and then he could just read it from the front to the back and from back to the front and then maybe that take you an hour to do that but then you know all about it more than you think you do but then you can yeah. actually read the book and you so, would already know all the characters and the what it's all about to skim it backwards <coughs> the, 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 Wow, that's interesting. So the idea is to skim it backwards. Well, no, forward or backwards, either way. But to skim it first and then yeah. read it. Then, then that makes sense. I feel like the like the implied purpose of a speed reading speed reading class is to like read faster, right? Yeah. That's that's. I don't know if that. But if you could, if you could spend one hour just going through the book. Mm -hmm. Now. I don't guess it would have to be a novel. It could be any kind of a book. But if there's characters in it, you know all the characters, and you know the titles of each paragraph, each uh, chapter. Uh -huh. So you have all that in your mind. And then if you have some general idea of what the entire book is about. So it's up here. Uh -huh. And then you would read it, and you could read it a whole lot faster. Literally, they were doing like this. Sometimes it could walk this in the class. Now, Rhonda wouldn't do that because you had to do this. Let me show you. You read the book, and um, you would basically do something like this. That was a really straight line. That was impressive how straight that line is. I probably could never do it again. Yeah, that was You know good. how to do that. Yeah, you that keep your good. elbow down. That's how you do it. Really? Yeah. You, if you if you do like this, you're gonna miss it. If you keep it and you do your finger like this, you know you just do that. You know your elbow. Yeah, those look good. But anyway, um, what you would do is you read the book and you, you you have things like this. Oh yeah. And then you yeah. say something just. To, three or four words here and then you go down like this so it's almost like a tree for anybody listening it's basically like a a main um i guess what would you what would you call that like the the main trunk trunk of the tree and then branches yeah lifting off of and then you, you just keep going like up like this and you go out details go blah, 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 you know and this okay. it's like this is connected to this this is the main thing you know, mm -hmm. you just put here, this is assumed, you know, you do a, this is the book. Right. And maybe this could be a chapter, and these could be the, these could be certain things in the chapter. And then you could even go up like this, and like this, these are sub, sub thoughts about this, about this. Rhonda wouldn't do that because she said, uh, "I don't like that." I'm not going to do that because people might think I'm funny looking. Once again, she was 13 years old, you know, uh -huh. or 14 years old, and she didn't want somebody looking at her, and she would be kind of weird. Yes. So it's like it's like okay, you're 13 years old, but I never could get through to her to try to use this when she was in class. Cause she was she was failing. I get the idea of that, but like I think there are more effective routes, at least for me personally. That I would there might use. be. But you know, to switch with the topic, do you uh, do you want to tell the story about nine uh, nine one one? Because you you brought it up, and then I said I was going to come back to in the room. Uh, this was earlier today before the podcast started. Uh, you said that you created the concept of nine one one. 
So I had mine. Or somebody that you worked with did? I was working, uh, this is, I think it was 1980, Southwestern Bell. Uh-huh. Back then, there was no, there were there was uh, several companies that did the same thing. And somewhere around 1980, the government came out and said, okay, there's too many telephone companies. Uh-huh. Southwestern Bell was a telephone company. There's another one in California, another one over here, another one over here. <coughs> and it had something to do with, uh, what do they call it when you own everything? Monopoly. Yeah, monopoly. They came out and the government said, that's a monopoly or something anyway. And so it made them merge it together. To me, that means that would be the monopoly. Monopoly, or what I'm trying to say. If if you put all of them in the same, then you got a then you got a problem. It seemed to me like the way it was was better. Um, anyway, somewhere I guess probably the federal government, somebody said we need a nine one one. It came to Southwestern Bell to do all the all of, to do it all. It was a computer thing. So what do you mean a 911? The government came up with, we need some kind, some kind of 911. We, we need something so that if you're in trouble, you can go... You so know. you you need to, they needed the concept of an emergency like speed dial so that people can get yeah. quick access to a, like an emergency vehicle. Okay. So you were the one, or you or somebody that you worked with, your company, was the people who came up with the concept of... They either just, came up with it or the federal government did and they told Southwestern... They gave it to Southwestern Bell in St. Louis. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if they came up with it. To me, it would be... Okay, okay we're only... They were in five states, Southwestern Bell was. And I don't think they would come up with 911 and I only have five states. So, uh-huh. so when I look back at it, I'm thinking it must have been nationwide. And the only thing that could be nationwide would be the federal government. Um, but uh, it came to me. I had eight or ten people working for me at the time. You know, I was middle management, that's what it was. And then I had these people that thought I was smarter than I was, you know. It was no big deal. I mean, I, I was their boss. So they brought it to me and said, okay, we need software we need somebody to do a 911 and i had some kid working for me that was pretty bright you know and i assigned it to him so he created the the, the emergency he created of 911 he cre- he worked for me which means that he was doing the work but i was responsible for it um and uh yeah, nine one one. But came. overall, yeah, he created the he created nine one one phone call. Yeah. If you think about it, that's actually really weird to think because it altered arguably, arguably altered the course of history yeah. forever because I'm almost positive the reason we were bombed, uh or the the whole reason that uh nine eleven even happened on the day it happened was because nine one one like there was like some symbolism they were going for. Nine eleven, nine one one. So like Ultimately, that could have led to who died on that day, if you really think about it. 
Is that weird or is that weird? You know what I mean? Like, like if, if it was like 811, then it would have been August 11th, and then completely different people would have been in that building, and completely different now, events happened would have happened. Now, that happened in 2001. That happened in 2001. And we did that in 1980s, so... It's, I guess, take, take some medicine. You're so old. But, um... So the 911 came several years before 911. So yeah, you might be right. That's crazy. It might have been something like that. You had like a like arguably that young man had a very dramatic like he he altered the course of history. Who's that? In, in a weird way because the the day they planned it on like the, the the meaning of the day that they planned it on happened to be on nine eleven. The number the number that was created by somebody that you worked with, that worked under you. Yeah. That's insane. I never thought about it that way. In fact, like I said, uh, I don't I didn't send it to you, but I sent it to Rhonda and Benny and, and Melaine and and Scott and Kurt. I sent them all that. Most everybody in the family, I sent sent that. What I just told you, uh -huh. and I just happened to think about it today. I have no idea why it just came up today. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, that's I've never heard this. It's Thirty-eight years ago. Yeah. I'm, gu I'm guessing on the 1980, because I was still at Bell then. Yeah, but that is weird because like all the stories you've told me, like like to be honest, most of what you've told me before this, I've actually like known about. Like a lot of this hasn't been new information for me, but it, like it, it's getting documented, so like it's like I'll, I'll happily listen again. But uh, I've never heard that before. I've never heard that. I've never told anybody. Really? Darcy didn't know about it. Really? I've literally never heard that until today. She said about it because when we were doing it, we didn't know what what it was going to be used for. Right. And uh, so I, I guess at the time. You know, I was fairly young, and you don't really. I was, I don't know. I, I look back at my career, and I'm thinking I was really young when I started uh, supervising a lot of people. That's wild. How old that be? That really is crazy. Thirty-eight years ago. What's thirty-eight? Seventy-three minus seventy-four minus thirty-eight. What is that? Forty? Twenty? Thirty-five? I got a piece of paper, and what was it? <laughs> seventy-four minus thirty-eight. Seventy-four minus forty. Would All right. Be, let's see if you can beat me. It'd be thirty-six, probably. Look at you go, Grandpa. Here I am. Yeah. Thirty-six. Yeah. See, that's fairly young when you're talking about a whole career. Yeah, that's wild. Plus, 36, and I, I was, um, I wasn't just a manager. I had been a manager a long time. It was like, I went to Bell, and I got promoted after two years, and I got promoted again after two years. Uh -huh. And that's the level I was, middle management. When I had these eight people working for me, eight or nine, whatever it was, 
I had this black guy working for me. Worthless. Yeah. One black guy, totally worthless. And I have I went to my manager and I said, This guy's worthless, but he's black, you know. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You know, I said You didn't want to feel like you were racially targeting him? Yeah, back then, see I there was no racial crap going on like there is now. Everybody's a racist nowadays if you listen to certain people, you know. Really? The There's none of racist. that going on in the eighties? I would have figured it would be worse than it is today. Really? No, no. There was no I mean, it, I never, I never once with black people. I didn't even know I, this guy was just worthless. That's and he would happen to be black. But that's the only reason I, I connected the two. Now we didn't have a lot of black people. They don't guess, but if we did, nobody notices. Uh huh. Nobody runs around saying, "Oh, you're black." You know, I don't uh -huh. care what all these people say about racism and all that stuff. I didn't see it. Now in the 1960s, I was in the military. Now there might have been some stuff then, but I, I had black people in the military. I mean, I was a, I was, I, I, I grew up on the farm. I didn't, black people were here and we were over here. The schools were segregated. And you're trying to say it wasn't worse. We didn't have any black people in our school, but we didn't even know it. Oh, I so mean, you, what I'm saying is, um, it just—you said think about it. I never did. And my my father would use the N word, and today you'd get you they'd hang you almost, you know. Back then, everybody would do it. Not get hung, but you get hit. He, it wasn't racist. He just what he said was. Uh, if, if he had, if my dad knew the black guy's name was George, he called him Nigger George. Mm -hmm. And everybody. It's the first did. time that word's ever been used on the podcast, I think. I realized that. Oh my gosh! I, uh, no, you're fine. It's fine. I mean, it, it's uh, it's a difference to me. I I don't think like the other people do. To me, it, saying that word is, doesn't have a bad meaning. Right. How else can you say a word? In other words, if you go up and say, you're a N-word and I hate you for, because you're black, then that's a bad thing. That's asserting hate. But just just to say that this is what my dad used to say. No, wasn't, you're quoting him. He yeah. wasn't a racist. I mean, whatever. You know, well, you, this, yeah, you're, no, you're totally fine. You're quoting your father. I mean, yeah. He, how he used to talk, that's fine. He would say that. Uh, it just caught me off guard. Now, he was, didn't, they like, didn't do that. As far as I know, they didn't just go around saying that. This would be like. It's different times. The guy's name yeah. was Sam, and he was black. They call him blah 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 Sam. And it, chances are, I'm sure they just told him that to his face, and it's, that it was not. I never heard the word racist ever. Your ringtone sucks, by the way. Um, that's <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Cash. That's Johnny oh, really? Cash. Yeah. Just a minute. Let me go take those. <laughs> You can turn it off if you want. Do you just want to call this quits? Yeah, you can. Okay. I'm not sure we got anywhere. What do you mean? I don't know. I didn't know what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I just, I just enjoy listening to you ramble, honestly. It's good to document this. It's important. Uh, cool. Well, I guess that concludes our podcast. Uh,
Snickers, you're chilling. Snickers is chilling. I don't know if this camera can see this, but Snickers is chilling. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little camera on her. I I figured it'd be good to get her in this, cause uh, who knows if she'll be around much longer. Oh, she was just chilling. Hey, Snickers, look. All right, anybody in the future watching this, this is my dog. She's 16 years old. Uh, that means I've had her since I was like seven, something like that. I got her when I was incredibly young. She's been here since like forever. And it's just, I don't know, it's just insane to me. I've actually, uh, doing the math on it, I have sat with this dog right here. I... Oh what well, I oh I totally did the math and I haven't I haven't quoted this in a while. This this dog I have laid with Oh it's something insane. Why can I not think of it all today? I, I did the math. I won't be able to quote the math, but it was like two years of life, like two full years that I've laid next to this dog, like sleeping. Because I, I would sleep with her. I, oh, okay. I, this is what it was. I think I, I argue that I have slept with her because she's been around 16 years. So out of those 16, I think I've slept with her. Because I, I sleep with her as much as I possibly can. Uh, six of those years. Um, Every night? I would say so. Because I've been sleeping with her since I was a little kid. And, and then you divide that by one-third. Or you multiply that by one-third. And that comes out to two. That's what I think. I slept with her once, and she licked my leg all night. And I oh. woke up, and I had to do the backstroke to get out of to get out of your basement. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, just, I thought, what is this? And I, I looked down there, and it, it was, I guess she licked me all night, you know, because this is like three o'clock in the morning, you know, and and she was licking on my leg. I was downstairs at your house on that couch, and. Uh, <laughs> that's that's really funny, honestly. I mean, it's like, oh, you could do the backstroke. <laughs> you could lick me all night. Cool. Well, do you have any last words? I'm just gonna I'm gonna zoom in on your face. I'm not even sure what we talked about. You had certain questions, and I don't know if I answered your questions. <clears throat> you uh, you definitely got off topic a lot, but it it was it was enjoyable. I enjoyed I, like I enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, I guess, I guess, uh... I mean, that's all, that's all I really care about doing these. I just, I just want to, I want to enjoy the conversation. I want the guests to be really comfortable and to enjoy it. I want them to enjoy it more than I do, or hopefully, like, because I, I, I feel like I'm going to enjoy it almost regardless. So I would, I, my goal is to make them comfortable and to make them enjoy themselves. And then, um... I, I feel like the listeners will I'm enjoy just, that if they if we're both enjoying the conversation. I'm not sure why I started off so young, except you asked me a question, and I went back to when I was young, trying to figure out, okay, I was 15 then, and I tried to think like I was a kid, and that's where I came up with all that. Probably triggered a lot of all that. Uh, my parents being semi-poor, but not really. Yeah, because I well, I originally asked about uh, advice that you give your twenty-year-old self. Yeah, and then my mind went back for 
So I tried to go back when I was 22, but I've been married for four years, you know? Yeah, I feel like the um, the way your brain works in a lot of ways is like it's like a web. Like I say one thing, and then you start off talking about one thing. And I'm, I'm, I mean, we're, we're all like this in, to some extent. Um, and we like you, you start off with this topic on the original question, and then you like you would answer it or partially answer it, and then you would lead to another thing, and then to another thing, and then to another thing. Yeah. But that's not necessarily bad. I mean, you were... A lot of the reason, like, you specifically that I want to get you on this podcast as much as I do is because, like, I feel like it's really important to document, like, like your legacy and all that. And, like, I, I just feel like this is really important. This is more this is more than just, like, an entertainment purpose, you know? It's, it's more about, one, enjoying a conversation with my grandpa, like, as simple as that gets. And then also, like, just the, like, the, the fact that, like, right now, as long as the internet's around, this will be out. You know what I mean? I think that's really cool. And I think that's really important. Yeah, it would be nice. Do you do this to Benny and Rhonda? Well, I was actually thinking because we're going to Colorado this weekend. I was thinking uh, doing, like, one with our whole family. Bailey probably won't do it. But I thought it would be cool to, like, take some time out and do it then. Like, like with, like, some cool nature try in the background. Get, try to get Milena, too. I'd be interested to. I would love to get Milena. I would like to see that. Well, I've told her I'm going to get Milena on this summer for sure. I think part of it's documenting family, part of it's documenting friends, part of it's growing this podcast. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of, uh, I just really enjoy having conversations with people. And it, uh, the cool thing about this is you get rewarded not just for quality, but also quantity. And uh, I think that's cool. You, you, you'll, uh, I think you finally figured out what you're going to do in your life and probably some, if this doesn't work out for you, and I don't know if anybody can make a living doing podcasts you can unless you have a lot of a lot of you need an audience followers you know uh, I mean I don't know anything about it but I I was on the impression that you had to have probably a million you need a, a lot. million yeah. followers for for you to get paid for, however they pay people you must have a lot of, I don't know. I mean, how how do you make money at it? Uh, you can sell merchandise. You can um, monetize them, whether that be on YouTube, which the monetization on YouTube isn't necessarily the best. Um, you also can you can monetize your own videos. So I could hit up like external companies and be like, hey, uh, do you want to sponsor my podcast? Like, I get this amount of views. I get this. Uh, you can buy ten episodes, and then I do like a short little advertisement for them at the so beginning. So this, this is how these these people I told you about the ones that they're mainly on Fox. It seemed like every one of them mentions their podcast. Uh huh. Yeah, I heard, I heard it earlier. Almost every day, you know. I mean, they have it once a day, and uh, but but these people are pretty much famous. I mean, they probably have. That's the thing. Ten million people. Like I'm, a, I'm a nobody. I, I really like in the aspect of like fame. I'm a nobody. But how do you, how do you ever get up to a million people? That's the thing. Is like I, I've thought about that, and uh, and like my method at least is I, I am just gonna market myself as a podcaster, and like, like just like musicians, like people get famous for listening to, and this getting famous really isn't like the end goal. It's like. 
it's that I want to make an impact. I want to make a dent, you know? Like, I, I want to make a difference in this world. And that requires me to gain a following. It's not, it's not like, in a narcissistic, like, I want to get famous, I want to get rich. Like, I really don't value that very much. I really don't. Like, well, you won't until, uh, when you're in college. But, uh, like I've told you a million times... Well, we got three minutes until this dies. By no, way. I don't. I don't need to say it again. You know, you'll uh, you'll do fine. I'll be fine. You'll you'll be okay. Whether it's podcasts or whatever, but one of these days, you're gonna have to look up and say, "Look, this these apartments cost me a thousand dollars a month." Oh, you're no, you're something right. You know, so so you got a and you got a car and you got all these things, and like you saw the other day, you, Benny said it cost him seven hundred dollars, or if he if he was going to pay for your money, for your car, he said uh, if I do it for, for Bailey, if I do it for Jordan, then Bailey is when her car goes down, he's got to pay for hers, right? And then you got to pay for Melinda's car when it breaks down. You know, so um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, he he was he was saying that just kind of talking to himself, I guess. And this is when we were coming back. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, I get that. I get that. And like, it's not that I don't value money, and like, I I'm very confident that I'll accumulate a fair amount of wealth in my lifetime. But I'm what I'm saying is that I don't value it as much. Like. Like, it, well, like, trust me, I definitely have monetary plans. Like, I, I and I plan to have a lot. And uh, not in, like, a greedy sense, though. Like, it's just, it's, it's, there are a lot of things that I'm going to put before money, but I am also extremely confident that I will be able to find a way to make money. Because, I mean, obviously money is important to some degree. But, like, it's just, it'll never be my number one priority is what I'm saying. Well, if you dare ever get married... We got one minute. You can marry. If you're going to marry, marry somebody that's a, that makes a lot of money, then you won't have to make a lot of money, but somebody has to. Sure, sure. You know? I, I'm not, I'll be fine. I'll I be mean, fine. kids, kids, uh, you don't know. And I, it's hard to say how much it costs to raise a kid, but I'm guessing uh, probably $1,000 a month. It's also a choice. Uh, it is a choice. Like Christian has three kids, and mine has to, all my kids have three kids, but see, her kids are little, three, um, three, five, and whatever, eight. So she's gonna spend. Oh, I died. But anyway, I don't care whether whether I'm talking in there or not. But no, it, it's it's uh, it probably costs. To raise a kid from zero to college, through college, probably close to a million dollars. Yeah, in today's world, it definitely is expensive. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't, I mean, something as simple as, Darcy has a printer in there. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if the ink, you run out of ink, you know, and uh, so I looked at it at Sam's the other day. One, she's got like black and then like three other ones that combined and make the colors. So it costs almost a hundred dollars for the ink. 
for the, for the, for the, these four, th- not black, just the other three. Well, that's actually a very big like marketing thing that printing companies do is that yeah. they'll they'll sell the printers relatively cheap and then they sell the ink like upcharge because yeah. that's going to be a consistent fee that you're going to have to pay to them. So that's that's um, and it, you, the bottom line was what I'm trying to say is. Let, they were probably like sixty dollars a year ago. Now they're eighty, pushing so, pushing a hundred. Cost of living's getting yeah yeah I agree. See and everything you go to if I go to Sam's to get nothing, it'll cost me over a hundred dollars. The other day it was one hundred fifty dollars, and I did I don't think I had anything. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. Though. Well, I get it. The, the salt, you know, for the pool, I had to get five of them. I I. I don't think I'll ever really. I I don't think I'll have to worry about money too much. Is what I'm saying. And if I do, then I'll I'll focus on that. Just, don't ever, that just don't ever buy a house then, and, and buy use buy an old car, mm-hmm. and 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 get and make friends with somebody that's going to be a mechanic. So they'll more than likely they'll. Uh, You'll be able to get. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that like like I might have to worry for like a few months. Like, but I'm saying like long term, I really don't think I'm gonna have to worry about money that much. What I'm more worried about at this point in my life is finding something that I enjoy doing, and then finding that. And because my my defense is very good, I'm very good at living frugally, and I, I want to find something I enjoy doing that can generate revenue for me, and then find a like economically efficient way to live and then like well under my means and then find multiple sources of income from there. What what would you do if you met some really, really nice girl in the last say by the end of this year and uh and you graduate the same time she does and she happens to be from Saint Louis and you really like her, you know, for say almost a year. And say you start dating or just whatever you do in college. And you really like this person. And you're 26 years old, maybe in a few years. Mm-hmm. 26, 25, 27, whenever. Sooner or later, you're probably going to get married. I can't see you being a bachelor your whole life. Right. And the first time you met, meet somebody like that, and you're 25 or older, somewhere in there you're going to have to say, will you marry me or are you going to lose your girlfriend, you know? Right. Now, I don't know much about uh, young people today. Maybe they don't care about getting married. Maybe they just sleep together, you know, or maybe they move in like like your buddy, you know. When's he gonna, when is he going to get married? I don't know. And did he graduate now? Well, yeah, uh, he's he's already engaged. I get what you're saying, but I, I like it's not worth thinking that far ahead. That is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Well, you're almost 23 I'm, years old. I'm very confident in where I'm going in life, so like it doesn't re- like I'm not worried about the money aspect. Like that's that's all I'm saying, and there's no reason to even talk about it, honestly. Yeah. Okay. It's just like like I'll be fine. I'll be fine, and I'm I'm more. I'll, I'll establish myself. Like, I'm a smart guy. I'll figure it out, Like is what I'm saying. And I might struggle at points in life. I'm not saying it's going to be like an easy ride, but ultimately I shouldn't even stress about it because I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. So, 
But to me, I think it's I value a lot more. The first thing I need to figure out is something I love doing, and then find a way to make money doing that. And I want to generate multiple sources of income, not just like not just a podcast, or not just a nine to five job, or not just this. You know, like I, I want to be able to be dependent upon myself and upon nobody else. I, these people I watch uh, on TV, some of them are. Some of them are really. Some of the people were really young. I mean, they look like an under thirty. Uh-huh. And the, you look at what they're doing, and uh, it, it it's like they're doing a whole lot of different things. You know, these people are on. They're on TV. I'm convinced that if they call a radio, that uh, if somebody has a radio station, say there's one here in St. Louis. And they talk to these people that that are on TV all the time. Sometimes they they talk. To, I'm I'm pretty sure that these people make a lot of money just by talking to radio stations. No. You know, because they they talk to them for about ten minutes, maybe five or seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. No. They're not doing that free. That's their time. So these people are doing all kinds of stuff, and you have no idea how much money they're making, but. They're all end up gonna be millionaires. Yeah, that's, because that's, they don't have they, they don't have one job. That's exactly how I'm gonna. You just you just do what you like, you know, and uh, next thing you know, like you say, it if it costs you a hundred dollars to go to Sam's and you come out with nothing, then your time is worth a lot more than that than food. So you might do something for. In ten minutes, you might get five hundred dollars for it. Yeah, possibly. You might be able to do a podcast for one hour and make a thousand dollars out of it. And if if I can, if I can build an audience, I can find a myriad of ways to make money. I can write yeah. books. I can vlog. I could like there are just so many ways to make money. It's just what I what I want to do at this point. It starts with an audience, and that's just. Something I don't have at the moment, which is totally fine. Uh, but that's that's also just like one aspect of life that I want to conquer. That's like, uh, I guess uh, I go back to Bill O'Reilly. I was telling you he was making twenty million dollars. He wrote one book every year. Mm-hmm. The day the day the book came out, very day it came out, number one, every single book he ever wrote, the day the day he it came out. Number one on that right. on that New York Times stuff, and he stayed there for a long time, a year, year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up one time and said, "Okay, uh, how much money do you get for a book? You sell a book for twenty to thirty dollars, and what it said was you get three dollars. Three dollars is all you get out of a twenty or thirty dollar book. Yeah, that's nothing. Now." Once again, Bill O'Reilly, I guarantee you that he had his own publishing company. Right. Why would you give all this, you know, 90% of it to, to somebody when you can have your own? So I'm, I, I said, okay, Bill O'Reilly would sell every, every book he ever wrote. This thing you knew is a million dollars, a million books, rather. Mm-hmm. So for every 3,300 books... You get a million dollars, like three hundred 
300, like one third of a thousand, whatever it is, $350, 350 bucks, you know, you sell times $3. I think I came up to a million, something like that, I don't know. Right. But if you could write a book, and I don't, you could write a book, but I'm not sure you could end up on television <laughs> where there's two million people watching that's what I'm saying like it, it literally all starts with an audience yeah it all starts with an audience but your book would be the people in your podcast you could put your book on the internet mm -hmm. and hook it into your to these podcasts next thing you know you you sold a hundred thousand books that's what uh, this dude I really like named Tim Ferriss he I've read it um He's written two books, and it's pretty much just interviewing people. And one of them literally asks the same nine questions, and then the other one is like a wide variety of questions, but it's like 200 people. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Like, you just learn so much about just so much. Like, well, you, so much I, random you got, stuff. You, you got over 50 podcasts already, haven't you? Uh, this is episode number 77. It's 1030. Um, 77, and you're like my, like, 60... Eighth guest or something. Well, I've had you on before, but I've had so I've had like sixty do, something. You people. could easily write a book on on those. I'm thinking write a pretty good book on fifty. You take fifty podcasts and just kind of. I mean, it's a start. Like like where I'm at right now though isn't like. Like, I don't plan on writing the book in even, like, the near future. Even, like, the next five years. I might, I might start it in the next five, but I don't plan on being done with the book for a while. You, you know uh, why I stopped, write, uh, stopped writing my book, my autobiography? Why? Because of what, what we went through tonight. How scatterbrained you are? Yeah. Where I can go for, go on and... Like what? We, how long we do this? An hour and a half. Uh huh. And uh, I, what did I talk about? Maybe five different things. Maybe ten. We no, we talked about a lot. <laughs> we talked about a ton of different topics tonight. I mean, a lot of it was just my childhood. Because you said go back to when you were twenty-two years old. Or something. So I mean, you just gotta force yourself <laughs> to be one track. Because I'm the exact same way. I'm very scatterbrained as well. And uh, very sporadic and very quick moving pace, like mind, and you just got you just got to kind of like for, force yourself to hyper focus on one topic. That's why I gave up on the book because I what I was doing was just I just sat down at the computer and write, <clears throat> and uh, I could write one sentence, and the next thing you know, I could make one chapter out of that one sentence, um. and uh, it would be like to be like tonight. Next thing you know, I'm in Italy. Structure it. And Structure it, Paul. Know. Get some get some outlines. That's what, that's what I would assume. Yeah, I, I've never written a book. Like I've only written papers. That... Yeah, I, I had an outline. Um, but even with an outline, my outline was in high school. I thought I'd cover the high school stuff. And then I went in right after that, which means next thing I knew, I was in Italy. Mm-hmm. And you could write a book about Italy, living in Italy for a year and a half, you know? Just skim it. Just skim everything. Get a get a highlight of all of it. Yeah, it's easy to say, but it's not not that easy. You I see? think I could do it. I could write a book of my life right now. You have a lot to say. I, I, I bet you'd have trouble with it. 
possibly. While you're writing it, it's like, what is it I could leave out? Because I could talk all night about one subject, but if I'm writing a book, what part of all that stuff are you going to leave out? If I live in, I, I feel like just getting as much information down to start with would be ideal, and then from there you can uh, kind of eliminate what you don't want and pick and choose what you do. I mean, I like I feel like it's better to write too much than not enough. I don't, I don't see why you gave up. To be honest, I, I, I like. No offense, but I, I feel like that'd be like your a really good use of time for you at this point in life. And, like, I, the main reason I have no interest in writing a book in the near future is because I feel like I need to accumulate more life experiences and uh, focus in on more things. And I, I still document my life. Like, I, I keep a journal. I've been keeping a journal since freshman year of high school where I do a subpar job of uh, documenting my life events. You could, but, take, a, uh, you could take your life. And make a novel out of it, and you take your your whole life, and then you just throw a bunch of other stuff that didn't really happen. Just weave it into your life, mm-hmm. and it'd be a novel, but it would be some of it would be true, and the other would just be stuff you make up. You know. Right. I don't know. I probably should go to bed. Or I have to get Sorry. up. I have to get up at six. At seven thirty. Yeah, we went a while. Uh, well, I just looked you know, at the word lion's mane, so I'm going to give you that supplement while I'm thinking about it. You going to uh, spend a night here, or are you going to... Yeah, you know, good point. I, I actually think I I was planning on going back. So back gonna, home? Yeah, I got a podcast tomorrow, and I want to work out before it. Okay, I guess, I guess... I'll take a little Snickers with me, too. I'll clean up all in here, too. You what? I'll clean up, like, the whole the dining room. I'll just put all the chairs back, but oh. cool. That concludes episode number 76 with my grandpa and my little pup. Cool. Thanks, grandpa. Thank you. Well, all right. Bye. So.